Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Welcome back, everybody. We are back after a week hiatus. I know people have been so busy, so I am here. We are all here, and I just wanted to kind of dive into it and catch up with you guys because there were a couple of things I think that we all wanted to talk about today. But first, I'll give the floor to Mads because I know she had an update that she wants to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Kathy. Um, So there, it's kind of checking on my mental health, but also just like current events of what's been happening. Um, It still kind of has seemed as though like bad things keep happening. Um, And it's been really interesting to see how a couple of different instances in the past um, month, I've had two very, very strong role model women in my life deal with grief firsthand and having to see that. And I, I keep I, – I was talking to my mom about it and I was like, it's just like to see your strong friends struggle, like your friends who help you whenever you feel that way um, and seeing them struggle is something that's really difficult to see. Um, so I'm sure I'm, – I'm going to – I'll tell this story briefly to fill Kelsey in. Um, and I don't feel bad sharing this because it was national news, unfortunately. So it's not as though I am like gossiping or just spreading – information, but um, a dear friend of mine and owner of my cycling studio that I go to here in Wilmington, um, her husband was out with her dad on the 4th of July and uh, something rolled in real quick and he got um, struck by lightning and died um, on the boat um, right in, in our town. And uh, obviously she's just like devastated. Um but it's been a whole kind of thing that has rocked our whole community and especially like I'm said, like the strong people and the people that you've never seen that way and the people that we have these different layers of friends where it's like I'm kind of like a third level friend to this person. But like I've talked to the fourth level friend, the second level friend, and the first level friend, and none of us have ever seen this person like this or know how to best support it. Um and so it's interesting. And I was talking to a fellow cycler in my studio. I actually told her about the podcast because we were talking about everything. Um, and she was saying that um, that it's it's this like second layer of grief, which is really weird because you're um, you're grieving. And then you're seeing your friends grieve, who are obviously like the grief is more. And, you know, as we always talk about, but like I knew the person who had passed away. I didn't know him well. He wasn't my best friend. I was really close with his wife. But like it's just crazy to know like an acquaintance like that to have that happen. And then on top of that, see just the outpouring of the community. And it's just been a really wild experience um and something that has been difficult and like heavy on my mind and my heart and I don't know um what the point of besides it just being a story of grief a lesson in grief a lesson to be careful and tell people you love them um why else I would I would share it or what else like you know conversation I'm willing to, wanting to come from it but I just wanted to since this is a space where we talk about these kind of deep things um it was so you guys have been in my mind as well because of just the whole process of of everything. Um, 
So that's my update. Um, it's sad and it's not anything, you know, really. I feel like I just like down the mood. But um, yeah, that's where we're at right now. So no, thank you for sharing. Now that you say it, I, I actually do remember seeing headlines about this with the lightning and was the person connected to One Tree Hill in some way? Yeah. So uh, I live in the town you guys know because I was called like like we always say there's like Filmington. Um, the My instructor, a friend who owns the studio was an, originally an extra on One Tree Hill and then became kind of an actual part on it. So that kind of made the headlines as well. Um, and to not downer mood, I want to say that the website the obituary was on was this local, um, this local place who, you know, does this thing called like aqua cremation and um, they had this thing on the bottom of their website that was to put your email in and you get a daily affirmation about grief and, and, and like kind of like recovering from grief and kind of like that. And so I signed up and I've been getting them and, uh, I thought it would be really cool. It was just really cool. Um, and I, and I have some examples that we can like look at later, but I just thought it was a really cool idea and it's right there with, and you don't have to put any information, just put your, and they're not annoying. It sends you one email a day. And like, um, like the headline of the one today was, let me see if I can find it really quick. Um, goal number three, help others. And it says day 13, imagine what kind of tree you'd be. See the seasons pass, turning of the leaves and the renewal of spring, realize your own power to heal and grow. Can you imagine your life left whole after grieving your loss? Hold that image close to you and realize that it will come just as you see it to be in your imagination. And so that was the one today. And so every single day it's called daily affirmations grief connections and so every single day for 365 days they send out little grief things which i thought was really cool um and that could be my thing to to be the positive i share after my sad story (laughs) no that well one that's amazing we should definitely link that in the episode notes because that is cool of a company that deals with something heavy to also provide a resource like that. Like, I think that's cool to see that, like, or in that I hope more companies um, in the space of, you know, funeral services, cremation, all of able to provide those kind of more actionable resources, not some like pamphlet made from the 1980s about like, oh, like you lost a loved one, something that's actually modern and tangibly helpful. So I feel like that's cool. And no, thank you for sharing. I definitely think the podcast is the right space to share. I'm curious, Mads, um, knowing you were kind of in a few layers away from the grief, how that impacted you, obviously having been through grief in the first layer and now like watching it from the third layer. And then how did it impact you knowing that the story did become public? Like, I feel like that is a very interesting added layer to this, that it, you know, grief can be very private and this was displayed on a public, you know, scale. Yeah. Um, Thank you for asking. I feel like um, I – I mean, I was just sick. I was sick. And I don't know if it's so much of, of a grief thing or like I know and love the wife who was dealing with the situation and I respect her and like I know her very, very – I've she, she has a very special space in my heart. Um, and so I think that like I was more so sick and like I felt heartbroken for her. Like I felt like – like, I felt it was just terrible. And like I said, I've only had a few conversations with the guy, um, but I feel like that was more just, like, attacked on to, like, 
I could just, it was, it was hard to know that I was a few miles away and there was nothing that anybody could do. And to imagine the grief of losing your spouse randomly and never getting to like say, I love you to them again. And just like not like going out for the boat and then him not coming back. Like, um, so it's been, it's been, it was just been so tragic and, um, it's it's been difficult and the national news level has not helped. Um, I feel as though um, and it's actually fitting because uh, since we're gonna get into it, our topic is social media today. Um, and it's very fitting because a lot of this kind of did unfold on social media and um, a few of the people who are well known had posted about it and I think that that's kind of how it started getting traction. Um, and so I don't know, like, I don't really know, like, like my friend still hasn't spoken out or said anything about it. Um, I've talked to her a couple times, um, nothing crazy, just like an XO, she'll reply. Um, but I don't know. So it's been, it's been interesting to watch it sweep, um, everywhere. And like, even today I was at yoga class before this and somebody was talking about it. Um, so it's been this fine line of like wanting to protect my strong friends and also kind of feeling something on an own level, but also just like not the helplessness. It's been, it's been a rough and weird line. Um, and like, I've had friends from college text me and be like, Hey, no, we haven't talked in a little bit, just checking in. Like, I know that this stuff is happening and the world sucks. And I'm like, Oh, thanks. Um, so it's been, it's been interesting, Kels. Um, and I think I think the big majority of it is just feeling that hurt um, and and like helplessness um, of of someone that you respect and care about and love so much and just know that there's nothing that that you can see or do to help. And many of the people that are in our circle feel the same way. So um, it's uh, day by day. So we'll see. Um, I know that they had a really great services for him. Um, and I know that we raised some money to help keep the cycling studio open because I think that was a really big concern when he passed away. I think he made a lot of um, money because they own that business together. Um, so good things, um, to come from that. Um, so you guys, I know you said there's nothing and of course nothing you can do to actually help, you know, remove pain or anything like that, but to, reference some of our past episodes about like things that you can do like you were promoting fundraising for that cycling studio and you did reach out to her in a way that probably you know knowing what you know and how you are probably in a way that was comforting to her so and it sounds like you've been talking to other people in your community so it's I mean it sounds like you've been doing what there even is to do, right? Like, do you feel like because you've experienced the grief, like, you know, that you were a little bit more equipped to take those steps at least? Yeah. And it was interesting because I didn't feel uncomfortable in it. And like, since we've been talking about it, this is the first time I really like felt it since we've started. Uh, I mean, not felt it, but you know, like firsthand again. Um, And so it was interesting. Yeah. I feel like I definitely was more comfortable um, with it. Um, and I think that, that, um, I lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. What was I going to say? I don't remember what I was going to say. Like, it doesn't feel like as big, crazy taboo because you're being trained because we're talking to each other about (laughs) grief and heavy shit every other week. Like it, it kind of was like, 
still hard and heavy, but you didn't feel so weird about talking about it or reaching out to her because it was maybe a little more normalized. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's been, yeah, it's been normalized a little bit, which was interesting. And then like, I mean, I thought of this podcast whenever we started talking about it. And like I said, I told someone that I cycled with and I was like, hey, like this has happened. And it was really cool because then she started to tell her story of grief and how she like lost her brother. And so it was a really cool kind of like door opening situation um if you wanted to pull out like a bright a bright side of that but I didn't mean to um take over with my my sad story what's been going on with you guys Kathy no thank you for sharing I just think it's um a good example of also like normalizing grief too like how social media can normalize grief in a sense and it has been um I think which I think is like an interesting topic to dive into today too. Um, but yes, in terms of catch up, not much on my end, <laughs> not a lot going on, but I did see there were a couple of things I saw on your guys' social media actually recently, which Kelsey was in a wedding, I think recent, which I think is so um, on topic or on point because we were literally just talking about weddings. Was there anything that came up for you or different like since we last spoke or was it kind of just like standard when you were there? Um, yeah, it was very on theme with our wedding episode. It was so beautiful and fun. It was my first time ever being a bridesmaid. It was a really close friend, somebody I've known since I was five and like close to her family and um, you know, mostly everyone in the bridal party was all people we've all known each other for so long. So I was really just like blown away by the whole thing. And it was just so happy, um, you know, having finally like been in a wedding when you are like more integrated in the couple mm-hmm. um, in terms of things that came up. Um, I, I, you know, her mom was around, of course, but Maybe it's because I, I like was just so excited and I like know her mom and her so well that there was nothing actually that triggering really about it, which was kind of cool and exciting. Like it wasn't so in my face. It was like she was there, but like so were a lot of us all together. Like I was still very in it and I could see it, it's not like this one isolated moment, like maybe wedding photos really portray it. Like I was living it in real life and there's so much more going on. It's not like this big dramatic movie scene that like is really sad. It's just like, yeah. you know, I was up at 830 getting my hair and makeup done and other girls were too. Yeah. And then we were playing music and drinking. And so it wasn't like, so I, I was very happy about that. Um, so that, that was nice. And um, her, The only thing is during the first dance with her dad, her dad is going through some some health stuff. So um, that was like a little bit extra emotional. And then one of the fellow bridesmaids and close friends, she lost her dad about five years ago. And like I made sure like I was standing with her like when the dance was happening and was like aware of that, but was more feeling that for my friends, not as much for myself. So I would say those are the main things that kind of came up and she was really sweet. She's like the most thoughtful human, the bride, my friend. She wrote us all the bridesmaids letters to read like about our relationship and thanking us. And in my letter, she like really went into like my mom because she was really close to my mom too. And, you know, what she would be like at the wedding and like really acknowledged it. And I I really appreciated that too. So, but overall, like very fun. (laughs) Yeah. Thoughtful, 
beyond thoughtful. I could do a whole podcast on just like her attention to detail with everything. It honestly was great training for one day when I planned <laughs> a wedding, like just seeing everything that went into it. Um, but yeah, those were those were the things that kind of came up. That letter would have probably wrecked me. So that is a difference between you and I, I think. <laughs> um, but good to know. You held it together. That's amazing. I held it together, but I will say she wrote them for us to read the morning of, and we were already in makeup when she remembered to give it. So she said, I'm going to wait until the next day to do mm. it because oh, she didn't okay. want to mess up our makeup. So Fair. the next day – you know, it had been a long night up. I was a little slower the next day and I read it and I definitely like really, really meant a lot. But as I think I've talked about, I'm kind of a non-crier and it makes me feel like a sociopath sometimes. I think most people would have cried reading it and it really hit and was really meaningful. And I've like reread it since, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't cry weirdly enough, but I am glad wow. maybe the morning of the wedding, the emotions would have hit even more. Mm -hmm. um, so I am glad we ended up reading it the next day when we weren't risking ruining our beautiful hair and makeup. Um, but that was really, really sweet. I really did appreciate that. Mm. Well, that sounds lovely. And I'm glad that you had a good time. And overall, it was a happy experience and nothing was like too triggering or anything like that. Um, but also switching gears and completely not related to grief at all. But I saw Mads had a at-home concert that you <laughs> decided to do for the Shawn Mendes show since it recently got canceled because I think I think he's going through like mental health stuff. So he canceled the show. I'm not sure. Yes. Yes. He's so it's funny because I had, you know, you guys kind of know that it's been like a, a roller coaster where I feel like everything that is like bad, it keeps happening. Like, so I got, I was supposed to go see Marin Morris here in town and that got canceled because of lightning. And then I was really excited to go see Sean Mendez um, actually this next Saturday. And he canceled his North Carolina tour dates due to his like anxiety and like needing to take care of himself, which I totally respect. It was just kind mm -hmm. of like laughable because you're like, are you kidding me? Of course. Another one. And you like, love Sean yes. Mendez. Yeah. And like yeah. concert tours don't just get canceled very often. And so I was like two, like I've gone to over a hundred concerts in my life and the, like the two, this is the first time that they've ever been canceled. Like it's unreal, unreal. So my sweet friend, Bonnie, who actually I, I – she's one of the ones that knows about the podcast. Um, she got poster board and Coors Light Tall Boys and had me bring my outfit that I was going to wear to the concert. And, like, they're not Shawn Mendes fans, but her and my sister, my sister's husband, like, we all picked our favorite Shawn Mendes songs and, like, danced around to the Aww. house and had signs and – whatnot, uh, which was really, really, really sweet of them. So that was really, really nice. And I knew, Kath, I was thinking of you. I was like, oh, yeah, my shot Vendas. <laughs> no, I was like dying at the whole thing. I was like, that's so thoughtful of your friends and family to do. And especially so like all of these things that have been happening, like you just needed like a little bit of light. And I feel like that was like the perfect way to kind of, I don't know, like make Make the make best of for, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What thoughtful friends. That is so sweet that they did that. I cannot believe you had those two concerts. Like you're two <laughs> like maybe top artists from what I know yeah. about you back to oh back gosh. get canceled. But really sweet to remember you have people who care about you that much that even though they're not even big Shawn Mendes fans, they made <laughs> an at home concert for you, which is 
very memorable in itself. Yeah. And hopefully you can still see Sean Mendez whenever he does get back <laughs> out on tour. Um, well, I know so obviously I saw all of that on social media, which is a good segue into <laughs> what we're talking about today, which is um social media and grief. Um, but I think like I don't know, I I go back and forth with figuring out whether I like dislike social media or I like social media and I think it's like always a ever-changing roller coaster like there are days where you hate it and I think there are days where you like it and I think it can be harmful and helpful in in many different ways but I think one of if not one of the most like powerful such interesting such hard things to do with grief is posting about it. And I think that people have opinions when you post about it too. Like other people can have opinions, but then you yourself might go through like your own journey with posting about or making something so public. Um, Other people like don't even have that many followers maybe on their personal handle. So it's not really like a public format for them. But I know personally, um, I think I feel like I was at the age, especially, and I've talked about this before, where, like, social media was, like, barely coming out. I mean, when I lost my dad, probably, like, MySpace was, like, the popular thing at the time, <laughs> truly. Um, and, and so I know I your top friends and songs on MySpace. Yes, you were yes, not posting yeah. about, like, real life yeah. things. Exactly. So I wasn't definitely posting about this on MySpace. I think when I got Facebook, for sure, I started posting, like, pictures or, like, on my – I mean, if anyone goes and sees their, like, 10 years ago today, what they wrote on Facebook, like, those cringe-ass Facebook statuses, I definitely have a bunch of those. And especially, like, even with, like, the anniversary of my dad or something, like, things that I would never write today. And I'm just like, oh, my God, she was so emo, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I think in general, like, I just had so many years, I think, of figuring out, like, seeing if I wanted to post or not posting it. And I'll be honest, like, there were years where, like, yeah, I wanted the attention and I wanted people to reach out to me and that's why I did it. And, like, I was young. And so, of course, like, that, those were the thoughts going on in my head. Like, today, it's, I'm not posting it for the attention. I'm probably posting it because I really like this picture of, like, me and my dad or I just – this feels right today for me to do and I like it, this picture and I really want to share it in the world or whatever. But at the time, I definitely was guilty of feeling like I want attention. And I think that that's like a huge topic too is like I think other people are quick to judge sometimes like, oh, that person's only posting because they want attention. And I and I understand like kind of where those people are coming from, but that's something I kind of wanted to ask you guys right off the bat is like, have you felt that way about like when other people are posting or like have you ever gotten comments or anything like that? Well, one, thank you for sharing that. Also, the 10-year anniversary or reminders of Facebook posts are already so hard. That would be such an odd thing to have a weird record of how you felt and described the feelings about the loss of your dad from when you were like a teenager and then being reminded of how you worded those feelings like all these years later like that is a very weird outcome of social that's brutal that's brutal you know mine's like count down to the next twilight movie and like you know all the dumb (laughs) shit like that the midnight showing of breaking the midnight exactly exactly and like god knows what else but to have that as a reminder like 
do you just cringe looking at it or is it like a weird journal entry and you're kind of like interested to see how old it's you like talked about it? Literally the same cringe I have if it was, you know, like counting down the hours to the twilight. It's like <laughs> the same amount of cringe, like if and it's just worse cringe, obviously, because I'm like, how was I so public with this? Like and other kids at my age, like, would not be able to empathize. Like, hardly anyone at that point, like, would, was even in my shoes. Like, what were they thinking probably of me? Like, this girl's, like, going through it or, like, oh, she's crazy, like, blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, I also feel sorry for myself, too, in a sense. Like, oh, like, I was truly, like, maybe just so alone in it that I was, like, seeking out attention or help or, like, in that it's in that regard too like I don't I'm not too like it's not too much of a pity party right now but I'm just saying like it's definitely cringe and I think like that's just how my thought my brain was processing and I my brain wasn't even fully developed obviously so there were a lot of things that I today like wouldn't have done but it's just the same amount of cringe as like your other (laughs) posts Well, it's definitely, like you said, one, your brain's not fully formed. Two, you're dealing with a million other things. And three, the rules of Facebook were so different back then. We do all have to remember that everyone was saying crazy (laughs) shit. Yeah. That to us now looks really crazy than what, like how we would handle a Facebook post today. Um, I'm really glad you admitted the, like wanting the responses and wanting the attention because one, that's a component of social media, at least um, like the Instagrams of the world, especially. Um, I feel like it would be really hard to find someone in our day and age who can genuinely say that they have never posted a picture because they wanted some form of validation or attention or something. I feel like that's psychologically embedded in what Instagram and other forms of social media are for better or for worse. So maybe people don't like to admit it or verbalize it, but I'm glad I'm glad you did because um, I think that's just a factor. And then it's just like way more complicated when it is this big, hard life thing like grief. I know um, I've only ever posted about my mom once and it was like when it happened and it was something that, um, you know, we talked about my like my dad's sister and I and my dad has zero social media outside of LinkedIn, which I partially run, but otherwise has no social media. So it was on my sister and I um, and we were talking about it and we kind of used it as a means to let people know, right, like as an inform like a platform because we put we decided we would post. Uh, remember, it was kind of a big thing for us to craft what we were going to say because it was essentially like our first for outside of really immediate close people is the, f- the only thing people were going to see and know. And, you know, some people would know she was sick. There'd be some people out there who didn't even know like this was even happening. But between both of our Instagrams and Facebooks, we figured we were going to capture like a good amount of people. And from there it'd be word of mouth. Cause like, you don't want to run into people and they don't know. Like at this point we were like, we waited a few days. We're like, we should just post it, get it out there. So people know, like it was a rip the band aid, And we, both took time. I remember like writing it and we didn't like really show anyone. We just wrote what felt right. We picked out the pictures that felt right. Um, I remember we were like sitting on the couch together. We wrote it. We pressed post. We left our phones in the house and went on a really long walk because we were like, that was like, I felt like you think you feel anxiety posting like pretty pictures of yourself and you want to (laughs) get likes from some guy. Like this was a crazy level of like shooting anxiety of like, holy shit. And we just 
walked outside and like we're already obviously in like such a weird headspace um, where life didn't feel real anyway. But um, I remember we decided we like weren't going to look at our phones for a couple hours anyway because our phones were already kind of blowing up in the nicest way possible from people texting and we knew this was opening the floodgates. Um, but interestingly, um, and of course we got, we each got such an outpouring of, you know, support and that was helpful. Like I won't lie. Like that was really nice to feel that, that these people from all these corners of life who I had not spoken to or heard from in forever, like wrote really nice things. And it's not the same type of thing where I was like looking at the like count, but I was definitely like feeling comforted by some of the responses. And then it was really randomly and sadly, there's another family in our hometown who lost their mom to cancer a few months later. I don't know if I've talked about this family on the podcast before. And um, we we definitely had like known each other just through school and our dads and um, the two there's two daughters almost the same ages as my sister and I. And we've since, you know, connected with them more because in the very eerie, similar situation. And they said that they like look to our social media posts to kind of base how they were going to handle their social media posts, which I thought was also interesting that obviously there's no freaking handbook on like what to do with this. But uh, apparently they looked at it and they were like, oh, like, you know, we'll do the same type of thing. So, and I've, I've not posted about it since outside of, I guess, on our morning crew account, we posted about my mom's birthday, but that wasn't on my personal page. So my thing has been, you know, I posted it, it's out there. I posted about the morning crew the one time, but at least as it stands now, I've felt no need to post again. Um, I don't know if that probably will change. I can't even tell you really why other than maybe just like privacy. Um, but yeah, that was my experience with it. It's interesting um, that that you say that, and that's it's very cool that the, those girls um, used your guys as like an example. Like, what a compliment, and how how great, especially with something so tricky. Um, I found it interesting what you were saying about feeling like you had to post or what you were going to go and post and do because I remember um, just because it's fresh on my mind. Whenever this situation had happened, I kept checking back to the social media of my friend. And I was like, is she going to say something? And it was kind of like how you said, Kels, it was like, um, it was three days. And you're like, I have to say something. Like I felt that like I kept checking and I was like, is she going to say, she still to this day hasn't said something, anything, which is great and fine and expected. And like a hundred percent, nothing wrong with it. But my like knee jerk reaction was to go see, you know, how she was and what she was saying and how she was posting about it in hopes that like, it would give me, I don't know if it was selfishly like me wanting to just like see that she was okay. And or what it was, but it was kind of interesting. And I would be curious if um, in that situation or if anybody, either of you, I don't know if you have this or not, um, probably not, but it'd be interesting to see um, if you had to kind of deal with with sharing, sh- someone sharing the information for you or like sharing it like, because you know, like this information all got shared, like people across the country know about this story, but she hasn't said anything about it. Um, and so it's, it's kind of along those lines of like interesting if, if there's been any experiences or anything that you guys have heard of or known where like you kind of get that experience or someone takes what they think or whatever it is and kinds of runs with it. Um, but there's that catch all with, with social media as well. Um, but I found that really interesting whenever you said that. Yeah, no, definitely. We, I mean, we're from such a small town and, you know, kind of one of those towns where news does travel pretty fast. So, um, I think, 
we at least had the experience where, you know, we did, my dad did some immediate phone calls that next day to people. My sister and I decided we wanted to do text messages. We couldn't do phone calls. And I think we intentionally texted some key people and kind of told them like, feel free to tell like the other people kind of all connected under that same chain or line of people. And then just knowing that naturally like people were going to talk, like word was going to get out, like not in a gossipy way, but just in like a people were concerned and sharing and updating. And at that point, I think a lot of us felt like we'd rather other people break the news because breaking the news to someone is really shitty. So you know, on top of an already horrible situation. So we were happy to have other people know, which is another reason why social media kind of worked. And, you know, back in the old days, it was just the obituary in the paper, which, you know, we still wrote and did. And, you know, those get shared online now. And we did run them in the paper. So I guess the older generation could see too. But for the younger to middle-aged generation, it was like social media. And, you know, it's a little bit more personal and you can craft it a little bit differently than a formal obituary. I do think both are still important, but yeah, it's like in this day and age, you know, and I've had that experience too. You check someone's social media to see what the update is kind of a thing. And it's just so weird the way that those rules, unwritten rules kind of work and you have to each their own. Some people will never post, some people post a lot and it's kind of like whatever feels good to you and gives you support. Great. Um, but yeah, the whole obituary versus social post thing is kind of interesting. I literally was going to say that social media is the modern age obituary. Like <laughs> yes. it's the way that you announce it to your your world too. Like I feel like in an obituary, it, I mean, it seems like it was like the community or the public or a lot of strangers like knowing versus like social media is maybe a little bit more personal and you're, t- you're talking to the people like you actually want to know. Um and inviting also strangers probably to know as well. But yeah, I was literally just thinking about that. Um, and I also was thinking about how like, and this maybe this kind of came up, I think um, when I had been reflecting on like social media and grief, but the accounts of the people like that passed away and like yes. checking those accounts. And I know Mads and I have talked about this um, ourselves, but like that is such a weird concept too, is like going back to those people's accounts that were live and like who manages them? Are there people on there? Like all of this stuff. Um, I know like I remember when this is such a random example, but when Chadwick Boseman passed, um, I remember like, refreshing his own like profile and not even thinking twice about how like this person passed like why would I be looking on his I mean and I know that it's different with like celebrities because their publicists are running their accounts and stuff but like even with people in my life where I knew this guy from high school that had passed and I am back in like last year that was kind of a friend of mine and I would go back to like his social media constantly and just like look for something and I don't even know what I was looking for like if it was that update like you were talking about Mads but like from his account or if I was like searching to see the last time that he posted and like and like what was happening and like almost like piecing things together like searching for information that's another way that I feel like social media is used. And I'm not saying it's like a healthy or the right way or also the wrong way. I just, I've caught myself doing that. I don't know if you guys have had experiences with that. 
I think Mads, you have. Yeah, no, I've definitely, definitely had experiences like that and definitely done that. Um, there were two things I wanted to touch on that what you said, um, not to not to keep harping back on it, but it was interesting whenever you had said um, that you were looking for that, looking for the account, the confirmation, um, and how when Kelsey you were talking about how people find out, and it was interesting because I had heard rumors that this had happened, and I was like, okay, like I had people call me, and be like, did you hear? Did you hear? And I was like, yeah, oh, whatever. And so I kind of was upset about it, but I didn't take it. For what it was because I didn't know and then I felt like my um the studio account itself posted about it and that was when I cried and felt the gut punch and the whole thing but it wasn't until I got the social media confirmation from that account which was interesting um but in the same note of checking the person who had passed away it was interesting I was on Facebook the other day and I don't remember I I know that you I think I've mentioned it but I do social media for my job so I've on social media all the time and I was on there and somehow I came across this this setting where it had me pick someone that I could leave my account to when I die and it was called like a legacy account and so I left it to my sister or I like just typed in my sister's name and then it sent her this message and was like like I could actually oh let me my see gosh. let me see if I could find this really quick because I feel like it like sent her a message and she wrote back and she was like um I'm not into this but it calls them like your legacy contact and it didn't even tell me it was going to send her a message so I was like um okay and so it did and it was kind of random too so she was probably like what the heck oh seriously she's like do you know something like where did this come from well while while you look for it like definitely I remember this and in this setting my mom didn't have any social media but I remember being in high school and unfortunately there was different classmates of mine who passed away and it was like the thing to do to go to their wall Mm. and like write messages to them on their wall. And you would assume a friend or a family member would kind of take over the account and almost like post updates about like funeral services or thank you messages. But people would constantly be posting on their wall. Like it was like that was an outlet, a tool of grieving for people to do. And that's such an interesting outcome of social media that if you did have an account that that was a way people – felt connected and were willing to publicly kind of like share their thoughts. So just when people created social media, like probably never thought in a million years that that would be an avenue. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. And it's also I find it like sometimes I'm also guilty of going back and looking at like posts from someone or comments from someone who has passed away who had commented on one of my things um, and whatnot. But I found this message to read you guys. It says, hi, Kennedy. Facebook now lets people choose a legacy contact to manage their account if something happens to them. Since you know me very well and I trust you, I chose you. Please let me know if you want to talk about this. Wait, it automated that message to her? Yes. That is so <laughs> creepy. No way. Without you like saying that that was okay. I don't that think that is why. I mean, I could have I could have clicked through like clicked something that said they could do it, but like I did yeah. not Yeah. Like a box was checked and you didn't but oh my god. It could have been, but I did not know that it said that. And then she says this makes me sad, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, I guess I'm glad you trust me that much, but uh, I don't want to think about that. But isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Oh my god. Yeah. But I mean, 
Yeah, like the, to your guys' point, like, you know, just like I, you know, will look at old text messages, like people will look at old posts and comments. And it's just like a way to stay connected and be like, here's proof that this person was here. And here's a written or physical account of them interacting with me or, you know, it's just like, it's a weird comfort thing that I think a lot of people who've gone through grief can relate to. And social media is just a more public forum for all of that. So I think it's one thing like to go back to their accounts or, or I don't know, look for comments or posts made by these people. But I'm wondering if you guys have felt, I mean, it seems natural, but if have felt like triggered by seeing like a picture or a video of your loved one, like come up on your timeline somehow, like maybe like another family member posted about them because they were thinking about them or like somebody posts an old photo of something of like that has your loved one that passed like in it and it's like recent and current and present time like if that's been triggering at all or just seeing like pictures and videos like I don't think a lot of my family has social media to be honest so I haven't myself experienced something like that but I think just in general, when I see like physical photos or I saw, um, side note, like I saw like the first video of my dad, like a long time after, like on like from a camcorder, because like at that point, I don't know, iPhones were still like developing. Yeah. And like we were, it was still becoming popular or whatever. And we weren't taking videos on our cell phones. And so I saw like something like that and actually seeing a video really like dysregulated me versus like a photo because it it brought that person it brought him like to life so that was like a little bit dysregulating for me but I'm curious to know if you guys have seen things like that on social media or I guess just in general um I know that I've definitely seen it on social media with my cousins and things but I know I don't think I don't remember it being like a triggering experience um but what I did notice um is what I first thought of when you were talking Kathy is I know that and this is not on the topic of social media but we always just kind of run off um I at my grandpa's funeral they played a voice message from him and his voice like they play his voice over the speakers at the church and that was very very Mm. very very difficult um especially because when I saw him for the last time he wasn't speaking and so I remember my mom and I that was just like one thing that like sent us over so I know that that sidebar to say I know that feeling of like of like yearly, but like seeing them like this was them, this is their voice. This is kind of bringing them back to life or seeing that when they were, um, it's, it's an interesting feeling. So I know, I know that one, that one. Well, I have more of a few like versus other people posting about her. I have more of the iPhone on this day reminder, or sometimes it's not even about the day. Sometimes yeah. iPhone, you know, in the new features, when you like swipe yes. or just like yeah. gives you a random collage of your photo down. And I'm like, living my life and like a picture of my mom and dad will like just pop into my, you know, I'm checking a notification and I'm like, okay, maybe got to rework some of those (laughs) iPhone photo settings. And I know there are kind of funny like memes and tweets about that out there, which I'm like, okay, that is hit. And some of the Facebook and Snapchat memories a little bit. Um, But yeah, no one's like, have I seen really posting about her? It's more, um, I just catch myself like when I see somebody posting, you know, like their parents' anniversary or look how cute my parents are or it's my mom's birthday today. Like I'll just 
scroll through it a little faster than I maybe would have. Like I wouldn't go so far to say it was like deeply triggering and like took me out of my entire day, but I'll just kind of brush by those a little bit faster. Um, but Nomads, the voicemail thing is definitely, and, and Kathy, like the video thing, those are definitely next level to a picture in terms of being kind of hard to listen back to and hear back. Like I have a good amount of of both like saved on my phone and I have to be in a very specific um, headspace and time to like listen. And I'm thankful that I can't just be like blindly bombarded by either of those things. Like I'm in control of when I want to like listen or watch, which isn't all that often, but every now and then like in the past, you know, over a year I have, but like knowing I need to be in the headspace to kind of take that on. So I can imagine being you know, when you think of like young people passing away who maybe did have a big presence on social media versus like a parent's age and just kind of like hopping on and you have a bunch of other friends posting videos like that could be really triggering. I know we haven't talked all that much about like peer age people passing yeah. away, but like I feel like that's a whole layer that um, people who have gone through that experience on social media. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I think that's such an interesting point of like the age of the person and like if they they probably have more of a presence on social media depending on their age obviously like the people we're talking about are a little bit older so like would have had less of a presence on social media slash my dad didn't have any social media but yeah um also another sidebar because I'm full of them today is that on the iPhone like photos that come up I was cleaning out my like bed my childhood bedroom like when I was moving back home and I was purging through like a bunch of photos and sending them to my friends like from like high school dances and like showing them like the glow up from like freshman year to senior year and like all of my like like photos with my ex-boyfriend or my high school ex-boyfriend and like I forgot to delete them and on like January 1st of like 2022 like my first photo was like <laughs> me and him like at like our high homecoming dance and I was like if this is a bad omen for my year like I'm going to like contact <laughs> Apple or whatever but it's just so funny so reminder if you don't want those photos to come up on those things I think I don't know you guys like have to delete them I wish there was like a don't put put this in my featured there has photo. To be a setting yeah. that's like yeah. Don't I know? Has to be a setting to turn off featured photos because like there's no rhyme <laughs> or reason. It's one thing when they do call out like on this yeah, date, no. but when sometimes featured photos are just <laughs> randomly selected, and we all have way too much on our yeah, camera roll. Exactly. Like I don't need to be exactly. reminded of every little thing I have saved that's on true. there. So. We need to do some digging before the next time we record. <laughs> Absolutely. Of how yeah. to turn that feature off, I think. <laughs> um, well, on a like lighter note, I did want to talk about how like I mean, we're talking about people kind of like memes and stuff like that, like on social media, which I think is therapeutic in its sense to, in a sense too, and like has been helpful. Like I know I started following some grief like tick like um I know there's like like hashtag dead dad TikTok. So like there's some of that stuff that I look at and other like grief memes or grief like dark humor accounts that I think for me is like helpful. So I'll say that it's there are ways and that it can be helpful and like funny and lighthearted. 
Um, and I did just want to shout out one account that I came across recently, and I don't even know how I came across it, probably because I'm on Dead Dad TikTok. But this account, the handle is Dad Advice from Bo. And they were actually, it was, he was actually featured on the Kelly Clarkson show. So I like watched their clip. But basically, it's, um, dad and his daughter from Washington state and the dad's name is Bo. And the daughter thought that like her dad had so much dad advice that he could share with the world, like through this TikTok. So she like started his account for him, but like would film him doing like, this is like how to change a tire. This is like when you need to get your oil changed. This is how to tie a tie. This is how to do like all of these things, which I thought was like, it's so you I don't think you think about those things and how like learning some of these basic life lessons like happens maybe at a younger age or even when you're older also that I personally like lost out on a lot of those lessons like from my dad and so I just thought that, that was such a cool idea and like the whole point was that they were lucky enough that they have their dads like the girl has her dad the dad has his dad that they can look to for the answers to these questions but maybe people that don't have dads like whether they're um, not in their lives, like for any reason, like can go to this account and like learn these like simple little things. And I just thought it was like such a cute, beautiful story. And um, I know the girl, Emily, I will say like suffered a brain injury and actually started this TikTok account, like to have feel like she was like serving some sort of purpose because her body was like in a horrible state. And so she just wasn't feeling like hasn't been feeling well. And so she did this account to like make to kind of just motivate her in life. And it got so much traction. I mean, it has millions of like views and followers now. And obviously it was like on the Kelly Clarkson show. So uh, I know they've raised a lot of money also for her to like go to a brain injury clinic, which is really cool. But all in all, it just like just such a cool way to put social media out there in service like for others. Definitely. It shows, like you said, to open up like some days you love social media, some days you hate it. This is an example of the power of social media and the power of using it to connect to all these people that would never be connected and to like use such beautiful resources. And I I think I've seen this account or an account similar where it's dad, a dad giving a lot of dad advice in different videos and just like what an incredible way to use a platform. I think I've seen one from like a grandma perspective too, like teaching different grandma things if you don't have your grandma. And it's just like, it's just so sweet. And what a cool thing to come out of living in this time of to be able to get those, like you said, for one reason or the other, if those people just aren't in your life, those help and resources. And I mean, obviously the three of us found each other because of social media, because of Kathy posting on a Facebook page. And then because of that, we were able to create this. And then maybe because of social media, somebody else is finding this. So Definitely in terms of finding community and finding people who've been through similar things or finding resources, like you mentioned, there are those funny meme pages. We know we're not the only grief podcast or grief page out there. There's tons out there. And I follow a few and just like getting some of that content in my kind of daily mix of social media is helpful to normalize Mm -hmm. it. So, you know, we all for better or for worse, right? We're on social media a decent amount of the day. I'm not just looking at, you know, my friends posts and celebrity posts or whatever I follow products. I'm also usually every day have at least one grief related post of something that I follow sprinkled in, you know, the algorithm knows I've liked enough. I've saved some stuff for the podcast. So I get served it. 
And it helps normalize it a little bit to feel like there are so many other people out there who are going through something similar to and who feel this way. And whether it's more wholesome or dark humor or it's just like bonding with you, you know, it's just like there is a lot of good that can come out of social media with this too. Yeah, I agree. And I think what you said about community is probably my biggest like takeaway from social media and why I guess like on the days that I do like it, I think that that's a huge one, just seeing people bond together over certain things. And I know it can get like a little bit heated sometimes with beliefs and things like that. But I just mean like when it's truly just lifting people up, like it's so amazing to watch that. And I know like another example of kind of me and like my relationship with like grief and social media Um, And I think I talked about this with Mads actually on our practice episode was when, and I've talked about this on the Grammys happened and the year that Kobe died. And after that, and because it was Kobe and Gianna and Gianna, um, it, it became like a viral trend to then start posting like hashtag girl dad and like all of these people on my feed posting like girls and their dads are just replaying videos of Kobe talking about his daughters and all of these things like I had to delete Instagram that week for a week like and it was just so much like it was one thing that to honor Kobe's passing like if you viewed him as an athlete and like respected him and all of that stuff but then this other whole other piece to it was like so different and like a, just another layer to this um and for me like it was literally like I was getting gut punched every single time I was seeing just one of my friends post a picture with their dad and hashtagging girl dad and like I again this is not to offend any of those people it was just for me think feeling like whoa, that was something like I would have never been able to prepare for, would have no idea that that happened. And just kind of the wave of like how viral trends can also be like super, again, just like super powerful in different ways. Um, And then I even like took to Facebook and to my Camp Kesem community, which I, if you listen to the last podcast, I had one of my friends, Claire, who was part of that organization come on. And basically, we it's just an org um, where we connected through college that helps support kids whose parents have been through cancer. So a lot of the alumni and people who were involved have also directly um, been affected by like their parents having cancer or like maybe losing their parents. And so I like reached out to the alumni. I remember feeling like I wrote a really vulnerable post saying like, if you've felt anything like that I felt this last like two days, I would love to just like talk or just have some sort of like support or build some sort of group to like talk it out like prior to this podcast, obviously. And I was definitely searching for support at that time because I was like, is anyone else feeling this? Like that has gone through what I have gone through that when they open Instagram, they're feeling the same thing too. Um, And I know I had actually like one friend that I talked to, Taylor, who was like sparked the idea of this podcast that we talked on the phone and she related to me on so many levels. And so that was important for me to hear. But I got so many messages because I posted in the like national alumni group and I got so many messages from people like that weren't in my city, of course, that were responding like, I wish we could like meet up at a park and like have coffee or whatever. But and I'm sorry that like I live in another state, but I totally feel you have been feeling this way. And so like that was like just super, I don't know, like 
I helpful, I guess, in just knowing that there were other people out there and that I wasn't like alone in it feeling that way. And so just another kind of like, it was really like hard with social media experience, but then I tried to really turn it into something that like could be helpful for me and also other people. I'm so glad you reached out in that way and used that and did flip that because I'm and like just that perspective because I feel like, yeah, generally speaking in America, you know, Kobe was so idolized and it was also just such a tragic death and it was so tragic that it did include his daughter that it, it was that example like we've talked about before of that weird like universal grief, like everyone was feeling grief like for Kobe and his family and his friends who were other famous, you know, basketball players. But you had a like grief on triple times that amount because it was in your face about your own experience. And I think that's something that like, you know, at that time I was not thinking of at all. I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, how horrible this girl was so young, Kobe. Oh my gosh. You know, like that's what most people were feeling. So I'm so glad you sought out and felt that community because of course, anyone who had lost the parent, especially a girl who had lost their dad, like, are you kidding me? That would have been the most horrible torture, like being on social media that week, like everything you would want to avoid. I'm so glad you deleted it. And then I'm so glad you were able to kind of like reach out and be there for one another in your Camp Kassam community. Um, yeah, definitely now, obviously now I'll, I'll be looking at all those types of experiences on social media very differently. But I mean, I think it sounds like you handled it in a very powerful way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I just... I felt like there, I don't know, there are ways that you can reach out and use social media as your community tool in even when it's like causing you maybe like some sort of pain or hurt. Um, And just like to bring it back to like Mads, utilizing it to raise awareness and money for your your studio. Um, Again, just bringing community together to lift people up is just such a, a light, I guess, at the end of like, a lot of darkness with grief and also social media. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it even more so helps whenever, uh, you know, like reflecting on what Kelsey said and what we've talked about is like, what can you do? What can you do? And it was like, even, you know, using that as a tool to like you guys both said, you know, raising awareness, raising money, raising support, um, giving love um, is a really great way to use it in that instance. But um, Kathy, I'm glad that you were able to use that in that way and that you thought to reach out in posting groups. Um, so I think that's really great. And thank you for sharing that with, with me and yeah, us today. Of course. Well, I think we're at a point where we can wrap up. I know we want to give a big thank you to Alyssa, who has been editing our podcast and off to new adventures um, in her professional world. So we want to wish her the best of luck. Thank you so much, Alyssa. I don't know, Kelsey, if you want to say anything too, because I know you know her personally. Yeah, just the most like kind and generous thing to do. Like, we're, you know, to be clear, we're not making any money from this podcast. If anything, we're paying a little (laughs) bit of money to do this podcast. Like, we're doing that for such other reasons. So we don't necessarily have the, you know, funds to like hire some editor. And when I had just shared with Alyssa way back when, you know, when we were starting to form the podcast, 
Um, and I was just asking her if she like knew any, you know, like college students or someone who would be able to edit for us. And she came back and said, I will edit for you guys. Like, this is a really cool idea. You know, like I want to do this and I've never edited a podcast before. And let me be clear, this, she is like an Emmy award winning video editor and does a lot of really impressive things in her life. Like when I say like, this is (laughs) so basic for her skill level, I am really meaning it. So I was just blown away by the generosity of that and for her doing this like completely just with her own time and just out of the kindness of her own heart, like just so appreciative, wonderful friend and former coworker and so excited for her next step too. Um, You know, she's a part of the morning crew family always anyway. And yeah, just huge shout out as you're listening to this editing, the final episode that you're editing for us, Alyssa. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And on that note, as always, thank you for listening. Follow us, subscribe on the podcast platforms, on our social media channel. Um, It was actually really funny. Um, I was visiting my grandparents and my um, step-grandma, she's like Grandma Deb, um, she was listening and she was going to send an email because she felt bad that no one has emailed us. And she said to pass it along verbally that she was just going to say, I'm listening. Like, thanks for doing this. And she just didn't get around to it. But throwing it out there. If you have anything you want us to ever talk about, feel free to send us an email. Um, And yeah, it's sorry we missed a week, everybody. We should be back on track to our every other week. Miss these ladies too much anyway. But thank (laughs) you for listening. And one more time, Alyssa, thank you. Thank you. Bye.